0: Welcome back to another episode of A Daisy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Sonia Gokwai, and the voices I am seeking may have never been heard before, but their stories deserve to be told. What is a Desi Woman? She is a dynamic, fearless, and strong woman. She is your mother, your grandmother, your daughter, your sister. She is every one of us who is on an endless pursuit of self-empowerment and fulfillment. I am Sonia Gokhale, and I am a Desi woman. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of a Desi Woman podcast. I am your host, Sonia Gokhale, and today we are delighted to be joined by two women who are single-handedly changing the U.S. political landscape and paving the way for more women politicians in this country and globally. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Patti Rousseau. Patti Rousseau serves as the executive director of the Campaign School at Yale University, a nonpartisan issue-neutral political campaign training program for those interested in running for office, as well as for those interested in campaign management, and embrace the school's mission of increasing the number of women in politics and government at the local, state, and federal levels. Based at Yale Law School, it is the leading program attracting individuals from the United States and internationally, and the school recently celebrated its 25th year in 2019. We are also so excited to be joined by Washington State Senator Mona Das. Mona Das was born to Indian parents who immigrated to America's Belt when Mona was just eight months old. Mona graduated from the University of Cincinnati with a bachelor's degree in psychology and earned an MBA in sustainable business from Pinchot University. She also attended the Women's Campaign School at Yale University. Elected to the Washington State Senate in 2018, Mona now serves as caucus vice chair, the vice chair of the Senate Housing Affordability and Stability Committee, and as a member of both the Senate Transportation Committee, and the Senate Environment, Energy, and Technology Committee. Mona and Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you. such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, great to be here. We are so excited to get started on part two of our groundbreaking conversation with two luminaries who are changing the political landscape for women in the U.S. and globally. If you have not tuned in to part one of this episode, I strongly recommend you do because there are so many nuggets of wisdom and insight being offered by Patty and Mona that are absolutely worth the listen. The US does suffer an enormous gender Mm -hmm. gap in politics and Mm -hmm. the Center for Women in Politics at Rutgers recently indicated that this country's rank for women's political representation is 78th in the world and is dropping. Mm. And the gender gap in political ambition is growing with obvious ill effects for women's health, economics, education, and work. I was shocked by that ranking and very disheartened to hear it. However, I couldn't let this podcast episode continue without recognizing the landmark moment this country experienced politically when Vice President. Kamala Davy Harris was sworn in as the first female and first woman of color to hold this position and someone positioned to run for president in 2024. So it does seem the country is really at a critical crossroads. And I do want to get input from both of you on this. But in researching for this podcast, it appears that when women do decide to run, for political office. They win elections as often mm-hmm. as their opponents. Look at mm-hmm. Mona and both of you can mm-hmm. perhaps speak to that. Even very mm-hmm. tough elections, as Vice President Harris has done repeatedly in California. However, it's understandable why many capable women would decide not to run and subject themselves to some of the mockery, derision, and disrespect that we've seen Vice President Harris, perhaps Hillary Rodham Clinton, maybe even Mona, you can speak to this, or or Patty, and other female politicians, which comes when a woman is in the public eye and at the mercy of the press, and especially at the hands of ultra-conservative outlets, but even respected mainstream news outlets focus on what could amount to gossip about women's communication style, as opposed to their significant Often groundbreaking policy proposals and success. So I want to turn this rather lengthy mm-hmm. filled question filled with observations to both of you. So Patty, would you like to opine first and then Mona? Well,
1: you know, the reason that we're our numbers so awful and plummeting is because again, getting back to our structure. You know, many other countries have quotas. Right. We are not a quota country. We don't believe in them. We'd hate them. But, you know, so many other countries, developing countries, you know, more women in office and elected office because of quotas we do not. So there's a fabulous group, one of our partners in all good trouble, represent us. I would urge your listeners to take a look at their website. They're really trying to level the playing field for women running for public office here in our country. That's one of the one of the many barriers to more women jumping into the political pipeline. You know, after Donald Trump was elected, we started receiving many phone calls from women who were beside themselves. So it had never been political before, Sonia, to your point. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Do I have to leave the country? I've got This is what I get for not being political and I've got to pay attention. I want to come to your school. Knowing full well that they weren't ready for a five-day intensive uh, to spend five days with us and they told me how depressed they were, how, how sad they were and how could this happen? And I said to them, you know, once you are finished, grieving, and it's definitely grieving, you're, you know, grieving a loss, call us back. And so in January of that year, 2017 was the first Women's March. And I know many of your listeners, I'm sure, marched somewhere that year. Uh, Millions of women and men marched uh, that women's march. And that's when we started getting even more calls, hundreds and hundreds of calls. Hi, I'm mad. I marched. I want to run for office. When's your next session? So Mona will tell you that my idea of a good time on a Sunday afternoon is returning calls like those. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm returning the calls Speak to a wonderful woman from Akron, Ohio. Hi, Anna. Thanks so much for calling. Yeah, I'm mad. I got to run. I've got to get ready. When's your next session? Where are you registered to vote, Anna? Oh, I'm not registered to vote. You're not registered to vote. No, I'm not registered to vote, but I'm ready to run. No, you are not. I'm gonna give you the name and address of your local registrar of voters. Tomorrow, Monday, you're gonna march right down there and register to vote. Then I'm gonna give you a local political homework assignment to see if you even like the wonderful world of politics. Right. So a third of the women who reached out to us after that first global women's march were not registered to vote. They were not registered to vote. The second third were registered to vote, but it didn't vote in the presidential, the 2016 presidential, because, quote, the two candidates were so similar, I couldn't make up my mind. They, too, are not ready for a five-day intensive with us. I also gave them a local political homework assignment. So two-thirds of the women who reached out to us after that first global women's march were not ready for our five-day intensive. So we wanted to get them ready for our five-day intensive. And so what we did was we raised money to create a whole new level of training called the Campaign School at Yale, The Basics, which is a one-day intensive, which we offer both live and online for women who have a newly discovered passion for politics, but need the skill set and techniques in order to to launch themselves effectively. So what we like to say about the one-day training is, if you're thinking about running for office someday, join us. If you're thinking about running a campaign or working on a campaign, join us. If you'd like to learn how to be more of a leader in your community on an issue you feel passionately about, join us. So, basically, if you have a newly discovered passion for politics and a pulse, you need to come. You need to join us. So, folks can learn more about both our five day intensive and our one upcoming one day trainings by signing up for our e newsletter via our website. Our website address is tcsyale.com dot org. That's how we're going to get women ready for the five day. And oftentimes when women do attend our one day, they'll say to me, wow, Patty, you know, there's a lot to this. There's a lot more to this than I thought. I'm so not ready for the five day, but now I know how to prepare myself for the five day in order to be successful politically.
0: That is absolutely incredible. A third
1: not registered. And a third didn't vote.
0: Ah, Amazing. I mean, you cannot make this up. It is just incredible. Well, Mona, I guess pivoting to you, any thoughts on my question and, and what Patty has shared?
2: Yeah, thanks. You know, I think seeing Vice President Kamala Harris get elected or get chosen to be the vice president nominee nominee and then obviously for the Biden ticket to win i just it's a moment i'll never forget the chills that i got when she was the one that was nominated and you know and i i knew right like that's what it takes because then little girls that look like me and you oh. will say i can do that someday and that is the beginning of those seeds being planted and it doesn't necessarily have to be vice president or be in politics, but it's just that to see women leaders that are look like you and I, because, you know, growing up in rural Pennsylvania, anyone that I saw that was a leader did not look anything like me, right, or my father or my mother. And so that to me is the ultimate, you know, beginning of continuing to see more women leaders. And as Patty mentioned, you know, that's one of the things I loved about the campaign school is because it was, I think the year that I was there was maybe the first year it was fifty-fifty,
1: mm.
2: And it was incredible to be amongst so many other strong women of color from all over the world. You know, there were women from Colombia and Sierra Leone and, you know, other, I think there was a woman from the Congo my year. And so just to see so many incredibly powerful women who are willing to put themselves out there was so incredibly important. And I know that that's that's what it takes, right? Is to continually see other women of color to inspire the next generation. And I really believe that, you know, my leadership, I know, I already know that I have inspired others. And Mm -hmm. I was inspired by a local Indian woman that ran here, who's now in Congress, Pramila Jaipal. Mm -hmm. And... I just want to share, you know, you had talked about what it takes to run. And for me, it was blinders on. I just kept my head down and did the work, right? I didn't listen to what other people had to say. Oh, you have no chance in winning. You know, he's so popular. Everyone knows who he is. It wasn't true. I mean, and I just literally kept my head down and did the work. I personally knocked on 8,000 doors. My campaign team knocked on 30,000 doors. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you what, that's what it takes to win. The candidates I'm coaching right now, I tell them every week, the doors that you knock on, you know, those people will remember that you knocked on their door, regardless of what party they're in. They're going to remember that you cared enough to knock on their door and listen to what Issues matter to them the most. And that is truly what makes a difference. So if you're thinking about doing something, your listeners are thinking about doing something and it's just a crazy dream, I will tell you, believe in yourself. Know that you can do it. Look for inspiration to others and keep going. Just put one foot in front of the other and literally keep going because you will achieve the dream that you set out to achieve just by doing the work, you have to show up, showing up is, you know, 95% of the win right there showing up and doing the work and being willing to do the work that frankly, nobody else is willing to do. And that's why I see women that run, you, you asked about women who run and win. And I believe that's the reason, you know, and I also coach my clients, to be their true authentic selves. I'll never forget. I have a consultant who I love dearly, but he said, you can't have funky fingernails, (laughs) right? Like I always have blue or pink or, you know, some kind of fun, (laughs) funky fingernail color. And he said, you can't do that. He said, it's not very senatorial. And I said, well, you know what, when I win, it will be senatorial. And (laughs) I will tell you, he has changed his mind on that, mm-hmm. and now he doesn't tell his clients not to change their fingernail polish. It's like mm-hmm. if you aren't your true authentic self, then you've got to be your authentic self on the campaign trail. So then you then you can be your authentic self as a politician. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one of the things that people come to expect. I say what I mean. I don't dress like a you know. I don't wear pantsuits. I wear mm-hmm. dresses, and they're colorful and they're pretty mm-hmm. and You know, and so I think being your authentic self is something that I want to give your listeners the permission to do to be themselves and to keep going. That's the most important one.
1: Wow. So so important. And you know, Mona is such a phenomenal, phenomenal public servant. You know, oftentimes we'll say to our grads, I know it feels like you have a bullseye on your back, that you're a target, that people are always saying things to you uh, that are hostile. <laughs> you, know, you can't do it or no one, you know, no one who looks like you has ever won before. It's really about being there for your constituents, doing the work for your constituents. That's what it's about. How are you going to make my life better? How are you going to make my life better and my family better? There are a lot of people that are hurting right now. We're going through a very, very difficult, challenging time as a country. How are you in leadership going to be the answer to my problems? How are you going to make things a little easier for me, better for me? That's what Mona does each and every day. And that's why she's been so successful. And that's why she'll be in Congress one day. I know it.
0: I don't disagree with you at all. I do not disagree with that. And we don't hear that enough. You're right. How can you improve my life? It's not about the politician. It's about the constituents. Beautiful message there from both of you. Now, Patty, you've stated in interviews that the 2018 midterm elections were a watershed moment for women in politics, but that there's still more work to do. And what is staggering is that never before in the Yale campaign school's history, 25-year history, had Republican participants ever reached double digits? And yet, that is exactly what occurred in 2019. And I will ask you to comment if this trend is continuing. However, quoting this article from the New York Times, which I will have a link to in the Mm -hmm. podcast notes, Republican women, both in your program and interviewed for this article, were largely of the opinion that nothing could be worse than 2018, and mm. there was even a discussion around the topic that quote saving Republican women from political extinction was a challenge far bigger than one election cycle end mm. quote because the deeper problem is very simple: Democratic women have a bench. Republican women do not. And right. what I think is so notable and inspiring is that many Republican women who were part of the Yale Campaign School program and interviewed for this article were very open about the source of their inspiration. And to quote the article again, one after another. The Republican students and speakers praised Democrats for successfully recruiting and training women and said the Republican Party should follow their lead. <laughs> I will state, end quote, I will state, this is so notable. And in my home state of Ohio, I always ask, where are the female political candidates? Yes, we are a largely Republican state, but just wow. And I know, Patty, when we had spoke before, you shared some stories that leaders in the Republican Party in Ohio said, look, we don't want identity politics. And yet, as Mona stated, I'm Indian, I'm American, I'm a woman. That is who I am if I'm being authentic. So we'll turn to you first and then, and then Mona for comments.
1: So it has been a continuing source of frustration, I have to say, in our 27 years of existence in order to reach parity with Republican women. We have an inordinate number of Democratic women who come to the school, who apply every year. We've never had the pipeline on the R side. We've done quite a bit of outreach again over the years, trying to make the case why Coming to our school will level the playing field and make all the difference for Republican candidates. That only started to change substantially in 2017 when we connected with a group called Republican Women for Progress, another phenomenal organization, a partner with us that your listeners should take a look at, especially your Republican uh, listeners who are interested in running for office. So they, too, are a group of Republican leaders who got really tired of trying to work within the party structure and trying to make the case for why we need more Republican women running. And so they took it upon themselves to create their own independent group to find, to identify a Republican women who would like to run for office someday to mentor them, to coach them, to raise money for them. So they're kind of one-stop shopping. And I'm so thrilled to work with them because we do all the training. They're candidates for them. So they not only come to the five-day training every year, which is why our numbers have increased substantially over the years of Republican women, But we also do a one-day training that they underwrite for Republican women every year. We usually do it in D.C., but again, because of the pandemic, the last two years, we've done it live online. And so, again, Republican women are creating their own political pipeline through independent organizations like Republican Women for Progress. Women realize that if it's going to happen, we have to take the initiative, the leadership and do it ourselves for other women. You know, men, I'll tell you what men do really well. They're incredible networkers and they're so great at supporting each other. We are that for women. I like to say again, we're a phone call away for, for our grads and email away. We also will talk with any woman who's thinking about running for office. You know, we'll set up a Zoom call so they can share their personal experiences with us and we can help guide them in terms of what what we think they need to do to get ready to run successfully. So the Republican, it's not linear. It's not going to happen overnight, but it is happening. And it's just because of groups like Republican Women for Progress who have, are so purposeful and intentional about the importance of getting more republican women to run and win that we're starting to see this exciting shift
0: wow well thank you for that response amazing and mona i don't know what you've observed within your colleagues or classmates perhaps that were on the other side of the aisle or any other comments you have about what you see
2: yeah you know i'll share i thought that was one of the things that was really wonderful about the campaign school was that it was bipartisan And, you know, I got to know some Republican women who I thought, you know, we shared a lot of values. I will say on the flip side, being elected official, you know, you always think that, and this was something that I didn't know, we pass like 300 something bills every session. And I'd say 80% of those bills, a high percentage are bipartisan. And the only ones you hear about are the contentious (laughs) ones, right? But those are a dime. Those those are not the majority. So majority of the bills we pass literally have almost 100 percent votes from both sides of the aisle. And so there are so many issues that we do agree on. And that has been really powerful. There's been many women on the Republican side, because I do a lot of environmental bills, Where I banned styrofoam and banned plastic bags. We I had women, Republican women, support those because they know what's happening, you know, they realize the future for their grandchildren and children. And so I think that is a testament to bipartisanship. And I will tell you one other observation being elected official. Having Republican input, especially from rural districts, makes a bill, a better bill, because you know, as someone who lives outside of Seattle, we don't have all of the perspectives, right? And so that's what the, the legislative process brings is that everyone gets to put in their input. And then we have input from rural parts of the state as well as the urban parts of the state and different perspectives. And that is something that I value being a legislator.
0: That's a very helpful perspective, yes, as an elected official. And uh, it's encouraging to hear that there is bipartisan collaboration, as you stated, and legislation is being passed. And, you know, I cannot believe we are coming to the end of our time together because I could continue going on and on with both of you. But, you know, as we close this out, I want to ask you for female listeners or really anybody inspired by this conversation and your incredible thought leadership and narratives who might be saying to themselves, why should I bother getting involved in the democratic process or are so frustrated perhaps apathetic by what they perceive in politics or as you indicated Patty, it's a tough time for everybody and the pandemic is not relenting. And and so I would say, what would you say to them? I can offer that until I began this podcast and had the great privilege and pleasure of speaking to Mona, who then introduced me to Patty, and that is just what these two women do. They will enrich your life in ways you can't imagine. I, too, enjoyed this democracy with a huge amount of complacency and, and passivity. However, I began to realize through these interviews that politics and government affect every aspect of our lives and communities, from the streets we walk on to the restaurants we dine at, and especially for women who are so underrepresented in this process. How we participate in politics and with our local government is the door to having a voice and having a seat at the table. So I want to turn it over to both of you for final comments. And Mona, if you want to go first, and, and then I'll turn it over to Patty. Sure.
2: I think if you have a dream and you have a vision for what you want your life to be, don't let anyone dissuade you from that. Don't let the naysayers take up space in your brain, get the training you need. That's the number one. If you don't know how to do it, there is training out there. And if you are interested in, you know, running for office, The campaign school at Yale is an amazing resource and what Patty and her board have put together for training for women, as mentioned earlier, gave me personally the confidence to know that I could do it because I could learn it. And it allowed me to visualize myself in that role of a leader, being the leader that I, I think I was destined to be. And so I think, you know, and this goes, if you want to run for office or you want to do something else in your career, don't let detractors distract you. Be strong in your own vision and foundation for yourself to just do it and keep going and know that you were meant to do that. And that is, what I hope you learn from my story today. Mm. You know, my family came from India when I was eight months old with $6. And now Mm. I am a state senator for the state of Washington. So if you want inspiration in a story like mine, you know, it really is about dedication and determination and knowing that you can do it. And that's my story. And that is my hope for you, the listeners, to really realize your own vision and dream for yourself.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Patty, any any closing comments here?
1: I would just say, you know, there's a great Shirley Chisholm quote that has been used extensively for years now. If you don't have a seat at the table, you're often on the menu. You want to be a change maker for your life, for your community, for your, your state, for your country. Decisions are being made for you, right, on your behalf. So it's really important that if you don't like those decisions, you don't like those decision makers, you need to replace them. You need to think about it and think about men as allies and partners. You know, we have more men now who are applying to the campaign school because they're running campaigns for women. And as they've all come to me to uh, did on their applications, they've all said, Patty. You know, I've never run as a woman before. I want to be as effective as as I can in helping my candidate skew herself for success. So the partnerships, the strong partnerships and allies that you have available to you, pay attention to all of those leaders that you have already in your world that you may not even realize. I'd like to leave you with a quote. It's one of my most favorite quotes it speaks to me every day in this moment in this time that we're going through i think about afghanistan and texas and floods and fires and the you know continuing uh, challenges of the pandemic the economy it's so the heaviness of the world this quote by l r nost a feminist poet speaks to me every day and i hope your listeners will Receive some solace and joy and inspiration to lead from it. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, not with time, but with intention. So go, lead intentionally, love intentionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you, Mona. Wow.
0: Thank you so much to both of you. Really cannot thank you enough. Senator Mona Das, an executive director of the campaign school at Yale University, Patty Rousseau. I will have links to Mona's site as Washington State Senator and the campaign school at Yale. You will probably be inundated with queries. I hope so just such a pleasure and privilege to know you and speak with you today thank you so much thank Thank you so
2: much